Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. the self-esteem party podcast i'm your host alana johnson and with me as always is producer slash husband slash roommate norm susan norm how you doing i had my eyes closed for the whole intro good morning um how are you yeah you did have your eyes closed the whole why we, is that, uh, showing off yeah, showing you? off i can do things with my eyes closed <laughs> no script you guys can't see this but uh Lana did the whole intro blindfolded <laughs> what a trick thank you i'm okay just okay. Well, I mean, we've had. I mean, it's just the the bad news train keeps rolling for us. Everyone, I, I don't know how we're doing it. Let's update you. We're basically not doing it at all. Here's what happened: my Tete, my Arabic grandmother, passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah, she had a, a stroke a few like a while back, like nine months ago. Mm-hmm. So she's been sitting in a hospital for nine months. Has it been nine months? Unable to talk. Oh, God. Unable to move half of her body, which is her absolute nightmare to not be able to chat. Yeah. Oh, my God. So as if that wasn't bad enough, out of nowhere, we get the call. That's it. We're on the decline. So mm-hmm. we just sat, unable to do anything. Yeah. No, it's so sad. And then she passed, and it's so sad. And I can't handle being so sad anymore. I know. We're- Here's the thing. We have like sad fatigue. Oh my God. I'm tired of it. Guys, this is my sum up. Can I get a break, please? It's like, it's almost, it almost makes me, no, it does make me laugh because you can't write a movie about it. It's too much. Everyone would say there's too many sad things. The plot's out of control. We cannot air this. Sad random things that are happening doesn't make any sense. There's no story. It's just all just. Just happening yeah yeah Yeah. so it's a bummer i'm bummed and i have to do a show tonight and i'm excited for the show because i've been looking forward to it that's the hardest part but oh my god oh my god but it's your job it's my job i have to do it but i'm like i just i just can't believe it i'm i'm truly left speechless about it sometimes when bad things happen and if you're a comedian and you perform it gives you a license to be like you know to go double down. Yeah, but sometimes when bad things happen, it gives you a license to gain weight. And then That's you have right. to worry about fitting into your pink suit. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, at least <laughs> your pink suit is a bit billowy. I, like It's a larger fit. Yeah. Thank I mean, you I'm trying. Noticing. I'm trying to squeeze into some, like, men's mediums. Not <laughs> happening. It's not happening, guys. Jesus Hate to break Christ. it to you. Yeah, I just have to roll around in a rug and then wear that. Yeah, and you look great. Nice and tubey. Tube now. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a nightmare. I'm going to start wearing togas everywhere. Oh, please do. We need to We need to get used to these sheets. Yeah, can we, can we get some more men's sacks uh, in fashion? It's been tough. God, yeah. We appreciate oh, everybody reaching appreciate out. Flowers. We got, we got some, some flowers. Some Everybody's been really nice and loving. Meals and sent to us was fun. Yes, meals and... I, I know I'm not always quick to respond on the text, but I do appreciate getting them. We yeah. are getting them, and we are appreciating them. We are seeing the likes. We posted some fun videos and photos of Tay-Tay, which was really nice. Yeah. And Tay-Tay was funny because she stayed up really late, and she talked really loud, and she drank yeah. coffee at all hours. You know, when I used to live with Tay-Tay, when I first moved back from Chicago and I lived with her, mm-hmm. she lives in a condo um, Above downtown, your parents' condo. Above my parents' condo. She lives <laughs> in a condo. 
downtown on the water directly above and i so i was staying with her for a bit um just until i got a place and when i she would drive me to the bar at 11 o'clock and when i got home at three she would be waking up to start her day and make me breakfast and she wakes up at that time to talk to her family in, in Syria. Syria. Yeah. So she's just starting the day at 3 a.m. Yeah, this is just the start. And she was like, I am done with sleep. And that's it. Yeah. And as we remember, I was doing the Arabic classes with Tay-Tay throughout the pandemic. She was yeah. learning the violin. And, uh, you know, we had a blast with that exchange. Ten minutes every morning, five of them trying to get on the call. Just practicing Arabic with, with violin playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly, we're not saying I learned a lot, but we're saying I was there. Yeah, it's been so, a, yeah. it's been a bummer. Um, yeah, but I'm you know I'm glad to have known her because it's been bad news for months. Truly, oh my god, terrible. And here's the thing, guys, it's going to be more content about death and dying today uh, with my guest. He has had a very interesting life experience with death, mm-hmm. uh, numerous. So I'm going to give that disclaimer. But it's a beautiful conversation, and it, it this was a pre-record, actually. This was before Tay-Tay had passed. So mm-hmm. if, if anyone is struggling with this or has or is worried about struggling with death, whatever, I suggest um, powering through and listening because, you know, there's some beautiful moments to be found and some funny moments, as always, but there's some beautiful moments to be found in this episode in dealing with well, death. Well, it's a difficult thing to bring up because a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. Well, and I don't know if you heard this. Apparently, we're all going to die. No way. Isn't that a nightmare? <laughs> so I'm trying to throw a party as quick as I can <laughs> and get everybody to celebrate me while I'm here to check it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not going to live very long, you know, walking around rolled up in a rug. <laughs> And on that note, let's get to it, yeah? Yeah, might as well. Uh, Everyone, please help me welcome Sam Brown right after this break. It's a self-esteem party. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's a self-esteem Sam, welcome to the Self-Esteem Party <laughs> Podcast. Hey. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. I, um, I'm i really looking forward to getting to know you even more. We had yeah. a brief show together. Yeah. I came a uh, member for the hour on, on uh, tra- the 24-hour. 24-hour Trevor Morathon. And I was excited. I got to sit in with you. That was a blast. Yeah, yeah. Was that, I think that was wh- that our first time meeting? I feel like, I mean, I definitely, like, knew who you were. Like, I, you know, I, like... You know, it'd been since like 2010, been around the comedy scene and mm-hmm. had, you know, you're definitely like, I think I, I knew your name definitely at that point, but I'm not sure if we well, I, officially. I knew you from your, yeah, I knew you from your show, but I hadn't recalled ever meeting in person until we did that and I was like oh. I didn't know that you guys were swapping out <laughs> so it was really exciting this is it was a 24 hour marathon where you guys try to solve the world yeah we tried like, to solve, solve different solve world problems. problems you know Trevor uh, like every year would uh, write these albums com- from Comedy Central it was funny actually the first time uh, he, he was like I'm gonna write an album cause he used to like on our sketch show Whitest Kids he used to always have these songs. Like from the beginning, he was oh, like, I remember "Hey, that. I have this Hitler rap song." That was like something that like he brought to the table, like right away, and uh, and so and that was something like I wasn't like a really big Weird Al fan or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I liked UHF, but I wasn't like a big comedy music fan. And I get mm-hmm. people are. Like, I'm not, like, one of these people that's like, oh, that's beneath me. It's just like... (laughs) 
what a huge stance to take on something. I don't know. People do that all the time. They're like, Ugh, Weird Al. Yeah, right. I'm just like, all right, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go to a Weird Al concert or buy a Weird Al album. But I know like some people and some like comedians I really respect just adore it and are so into it. So mm-hmm. basically like with the with we had like a very democratic system in Whitest Kids and uh with the the Trevor Moore albums uh, or with the the Trevor Moore songs he was like, "Hey, yeah, I want this song to be in there." And it was kind of this thing where I was like, "No, I get that they're like crowd pl- it's not my thing. I get they're crowd pleasers." Every once in a while, I'd be like, this one's not as good as the other ones and kind of like (laughs) vote against it. But for the most part, I was like, yeah, man, not my thing. You do your thing. And then um, for you, that's why you work with a group. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. There it is. You have to like pick your battles in that way. And then Mm -hmm. uh, so like around 2010, I think it was 2011, like when we're living in L.A., Trevor, like I was over at his house once and he was like hey, you know, they give a best comedy album Grammy away. Like, how many comedy albums come out in a year? Like, I could win a Grammy if I make a comedy. And it's like, no, there's tons of comedy albums. Like, <laughs> People are constantly making comedy albums. There's, so, uh, there's such an there's oversaturation. So We're begging them to stop. We're but begging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's indie comedy albums. Like, big, like there, there's, you know branches of comedy central that are based on yeah but like so he was making these albums with uh comedy central and uh it like it was this like kind of cool outlet for him where he kind of had this voice but it was also funny because he was like the uh the most non-musical person i knew like not not the most non-musical but like uh as far as instruments were concerned like oh okay so like actual like making the actual music the tune the but he was like he was amazing at humming the tune and being like i want to be this to be and then like writing songs that way but had like he's just a contradiction the guy in that way uh but like my point is is that like he would every year when he would come out with one of these albums dream up some different way to like advertise it and like one year it was a special was like a uh he had his own like like uh uh special to go along with the album were you in any of that he had like a lot of people like coming in i was in yeah i um with um esther i was in that one we were all sitting at the table oh yeah 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 outside at the restaurant yeah so i was in that one yeah uh and uh he so he um, did that that year, and then the next year he did the 24-hour special, which then became the Trevor Moore show, which we did, like, I think three episodes the first run of it, and then uh, six episodes the second run of it. Excuse me? Way to make something out of something. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> for some reason, they haven't done any more. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh my sorry. God. That's how I deal with things. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, uh, for those who I'm, don't know, I'm Trevor passed. So yeah. 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 I uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I totally. Uh, you walk a fine line of um, uh, falling to that uh, second nature of making jokes as commit like as relief, and then you're like, oh, but I I don't even want to make this joke, but like my mind goes there because I've trained it to do it my entire life. It's like, yeah, it it feels like an illness for me. Like, it's like I'm fighting against myself. It's, it seriously feels like that. I, I like it's right now I'm dealing with like a, a blister on my foot and with, with that kind of thing, that kind of like elephant in the room of like, you know, something that like when it's like close to me, I tend to do the the blister approach of like popping it before it's like a a, a problem in the room. Like mm, yeah. I'm gonna like you know like you you pop a blister and you let it kind of and then you treat it, uh, and that's kind of like conversationally how I think I I deal with that was where I'll make the joke so people don't feel the need to talk around things. I think you know. Well, 
here's the thing i appreciate you doing that i'm sure a lot of people do because i think a lot of people's biggest struggle to the point where they have it on commercials right now is to broach the subject yeah yeah that that one where it's like you don't seem like yourself lately but the people are going um (laughs) they like can't get it out yeah you know the one i'm talking about no yeah it's it's (laughs) i i Sorry, I'm going to be kind of all over the place today. I, I think like oh I've been... Oh my God, that's okay. That's what we accept on this podcast <laughs> because it's supposed to be the way, like you're expressing how you feel and I would find it hard to believe that anybody feels the exact same way all the time, especially if you're in conversation with somebody else. So so we, so Emily and I were uh, watching uh, her friend's kids this weekend and mm-hmm. uh, her friend's daughter is like... Um, think like 11 or 12 uh and she's at an interesting age and when yeah testy yeah whenever we're watching (laughs) anything she's like she's like takes pride in that she's good at predicting what happens but it's interesting because like coming from the point of like being like a, a screenwriter and constantly like paying attention to the to that kind of idea on like a different level it's like yeah you you are in a way supposed to be able to predict what happens and that's part of writing is to like go along with these story beats and there is sort of a language to storytelling of like uh the way a, a story introduces introduces like a character you're supposed to feel for a character you're supposed to not like and stuff like that and like it's like that kind of thing of like yeah that like and it's like very like you know I try and talk to her about that stuff and I I think it's really cool that she like picks up on that but also there's this thing where um, she's at that age and I think I had this too when I was around her age which is like you look at real life and you think of it in the same way that you've seen stories you've seen television and you say like hey you're not supposed to do that because that's not how it would happen on TV And you don't have that, like, thing. And you have to be like, no, you got to accept people. You don't know where they're coming from. You're not the main character of everyone's story. You're the main character of your story, and that's okay. And, uh, yeah, I find that that is uh, that kind of thing of, like, that, like, difficulty to broach things, I think, kind of comes from that behavior in people of, like... Mm -hmm that thinking things are supposed to be a certain way and like trying to put things into a box that makes them feel uh, uh, familiar, you know? I have to say in my life, I know exactly what you're talking about because with in the grieving process <coughs> I'm in right now, a lot of it is people saying or having reached out, which I appreciate, but and which is honest and truthful, but saying, I don't have any words or I can't imagine because that is the truth. Yeah. It's like, you can't. And someone tells you someone's passed away and when it is something you know no one wants anyone to pass away but when it's something where someone's younger in life earlier on in life and it's unexpected yeah um you know that's a bit more of a tragedy than say an old grandparent that's lived a life right yeah so i think it's like you said like when you look at the narrative it's like how, like even so say so I knew Trevor when I found out the news I was I had texted with Emily I was I felt so bad I was very upset about it and shock as well like I'm sure you guys had right but then it's like I think about also now grieving for you guys of like that were closer to him and in that inner circle and it's like I can't even imagine what that's like and I'm in grieving but it's different for you guys because you're grieving like, yeah so it, even within it, I can't imagine it. I don't have words for you. This nope. happened so different than mine did. So it's like, I don't have words for you. And I bet you don't have words for me either. Do you know what the funny thing is? Is that like, I feel like one of the, the, the things I would commonly say to people. And mm-hmm. like, I, uh, I called a lot of people. Like I, I broke the news to a lot of oh, good friends oh and stuff God. like that. And... Uh, uh, so, and of course, and like, I'm also going to like encounter people and it's like such, and this is definitely the most public tragedy I've ever dealt with. Like, uh, there oh, yeah. was like a whole fan base and people that were affected in a way where, uh, 
you know, like they're getting depressed, yet they'd never met him, yet they feel like they know him. And in a way they did. There was a version of him that they did know, but like, you know, they have a reality and they, you know, it's different than our reality, but like, you know, it's still legitimate. Uh, But like when I would talk to people, again, like in that kind of like popping the blister kind of way, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of messages from, from like people who'd be like, don't pop blisters uh it's gonna get infected <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be honestly sam no. if all goes the way i think it's gonna go this will be the takeaway from yeah, the podcast yeah. <laughs> if everything goes according to my narrative <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh I, I i will like when i see them searching for words i'll be like yeah there there's there are no words like it is a situation that like there is not much you can express to me and it's funny that you mentioned the like the grief of the people closer to the orbit of the tragedy because i remember um uh when i was in college and this is something that actually makes this like the whole thing brings a whole different kind of context into it um so trevor and i were were quick friends in college and uh fast friends i always do like sayings wrong sorry uh we were fast friends in college and uh um we we like the first conversation we had really he asked me if i wanted to start a sketch group now wow oh my god that's something that has defined our lives and that's something that started the first time I saw him, he was at an open mic night and he did like a silly bit. And I was, went up to him and I was like, hey, man, that's really funny. And he went, thanks. And like walked away. But then uh, the second time I, we were, this was like the old, old UCB in New York. The like, mm-hmm. the one on 21st Street or 22nd Street. I know the one you're, it was the, like, uh, it's the like downstairs a, one. No, no. Before that one, there was one that was oh. like. It was a closet. It was like, it was so small. uh, And I saw him at an open mic night that there was like five people at. And he did a really silly bit. And I was like, and I like had no idea what like improv was. I knew UCB from their show on Comedy, or yeah, Comedy Central show. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, I went to an open improv jam a couple weeks later. And I did the, I like volunteered to be interviewed for the monologue. And okay. I was just like, answer. I remember Jake Fogelnist was hosting it and uh, I was answering questions just pretty honestly. Uh, and Jake Fogelnist asked me uh, uh, if there was a word my friends used that other people might not know. And me and a friend of mine, uh, used to use the word mung all the time. That is like a. Do you know what mung is? No. It's the most insane thing. Like I can't. But like it, this was handed down to us. We were made, and I I went up in front of a, st- a stage of like a a packed crowd. Like there was like fifty people in this room, and I was like, it's like mung. It means something gross, but it's like, all right. So you take like an old woman with like a fupa and like i like i'm like i don't get why it's so funny that this nervous 18 year old is like saying this in front of me but like people are like dying when i'm like you know the the fupa and you tie her up in the woods and she like dies and (laughs) and rots and then like you come back like a week later with like a friend and like everyone's laughing and I'm like I didn't come up with this this is just a th- <laughs> like uh and then you throw a rock on her fupa and everything that comes out is mung and so it's just basically like this like imaginary like ew disgusting d- disgusting but like it's just like you know and we would use it so much in high school that our like science teacher would be like hey what's this mung over here not knowing the like vile definition of it but like anyway so i said that story on stage uh and people were like laughing and then afterwards 
Trevor came up to me and was like, hey, you're really funny. You want to start a sketch group? Uh, and I was like, yeah. And we talked to each other and it turned out we, because I also mentioned I went to SVA, School of Visual Arts. And he was like, oh, I go to SVA too. We should start a sketch group there. And uh, then <laughs> it turned out that we lived in the same building, a floor apart from each other. That wasn't oh my God. an SVA building. It was like this general housing dorm called the, the Hotel St. George. And it was like, basically, it's what you call a spillover dorm, where it's like mm-hmm. everyone in New York who like didn't get into their school housing in time could then sign up for this like spillover dorm where it was like all the schools of New York and no RAs. So it's like the laziest kids with no RAs. And uh, it was... It was amazing. It was amazing. But like... The laziest kids. What was funny was... I he I was like yeah let's start a sketch group and it, 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 like we we were so excited that the idea that we like lived in the same building and he was with his girlfriend at the time and she was like come on let's get out of here and I was like yeah all right I'm gonna go uh, and I remember walking and I get onto the subway to get back to my dorm and then I see him on the uptown train across the platform and I was like oh that's funny I bet they're going somewhere whatever and then later I was like yeah hey so you're going uptown and he was like. Yeah, I thought we, it would be awkward if we were on the same train. <laughs> Wait, so he just went He took another... another train uptown, then got on the downtown just to avoid being on the train with me after we first met. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. So, so, uh, but, so in that first year of college, uh, there was like, we had this orbit of friends and there was like this core four of us in this like friend group. And I view it as like, there's like core four or five of us. And, um, that used to like hang out like all the time. It was me, Trevor. Uh, there's our friend, Ivan, our friend, Chris, who has a painting showing in, in, uh, LA right now at a gallery. That's okay, uh, really check cool. It out. Uh, I forget what the gallery is, but look up Chriso's Instagram. Have to up. He mentions it. <laughs> He's a super talented painter. Like, it's one of those people who you're like, oh, you're out of everyone I know who has talents, you're the most talented out of like anything respective. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, anyways, so, and then we had this friend Jasper, and our first year at college was, uh, it was like Animal House. It was like, wild there was a i got in trouble for uh i got wrongfully accused of lighting the dorm on fire uh (laughs) yeah it was it was ivan who lit the dorm on fire and there was this whole like drama around it where we like wrote a confession note and like had him it was it was crazy i was afraid i was gonna get kicked out of school um wait did he no no, he just had to pay like four hundred bucks for the carpet. <laughs> oh my god! But he I love this dorm. He he wanted me to take the rap for it. It, it was so fun. Uh, I'll, I'll tell that story in a second uh, if you want. But like I the the so Jasper, our friend, who at the time was like we saw is so old, but he was twenty three, and we used to call him Old Man Jasper. Uh, and then. <laughs> Our second year, uh, so that was like like that first year was lightning in a bottle. That was like like just insanity and like a lot of crazy stories and just exactly mm-hmm. what you imagine like a college experience being. And then yeah. this the second year, uh, you know, we're, we we started this sketch group. We did our first show. We're so excited to get back to the to the old gang uh, back in New York and and you know rule this this dorm of of uh of just degenerates once again and uh that was like probably september 3rd 2001 so and this dorm was right across the water from the world trade center and so that kind (gasps) of put a uh a weird kind of tone to uh our second year at, at college and um 
during that summer, our friend Jasper's mom had died. And uh, he moved out of the dorms and he was living with Chris in an apartment. And he was doing uh, a lot of cocaine that, that year. Uh, there was like when his mom was sick, he was apparently like driving to New Hampshire and like doing coke to like make it through the drive and we kind of we kind of knew that and then uh there's one day where chris uh came home to his apartment and jasper had tried heroin intravenously for the first time and uh passed away and that was like the first (gasps) peer i had to like pass away and oh my god so young i was shattered and it was like that was actually like at the the uh like a month before we um uh were going home it was like i think in like april or something like that and then so it's like we had like a really sad april and then everyone went their separate ways and so and i'm from cape cod so then i went home with this sadness and i was like really like felt like alone but like good to be alone like i like had uh like friends around me but like friends who weren't like also carrying the sadness with me with them you know oh my god and so it yeah it was like a really nice escape and uh then at the end of the summer um it was it was a pretty like amazing summer too because there was like these girl like our friend went to college with these girls who lived in New York and the girls from New York would visit Cape Cod and we would like we would all like it was like uh um like you know like World War Two sailor kind of thing where we all like kind of paired off and. <laughs> Uh, with a dip in the street and a kiss yeah yeah it, it was it was amazing and uh um and like one of our friends like married that girl and like oh you know God. like it went that the summer far. loving yeah and um and at the end of the summer there was a, a bunch of us who uh went to new york and we spent like a week hanging out with the girls in New York. And then, uh, and there was a couple of our good friends who we spent the summer with who moved to Colorado together while we were in New York. And I remember I, we drove, we were so like not wanting to leave New York that we left New York at like, we went to the bar and we left at like one in the morning. So we drove through the night to get back home to Cape Cod I yeah. pass out at like it's it's daylight out it's five in the morning uh my mom wakes me up at eight in the morning and she goes uh she's like your friend um brendan who i was on the trip with just called and zach who was in colorado and dennis were in, a, in an accident and uh zach died and so sorry this is like the longest way to tell this story no i i uh, I don't want to say I'm loving it because it's a very sad story, but I'm appreciating the details. Please keep going. I'm in shock right now, by the way. So, uh, uh, when Jasper died, I was like shaking. I was on the subway sobbing. And now I like, Actually, I went back to sleep, and then I woke up later, and my mom made me this, like, really nice breakfast, and I, like, was like, did I dream that? And I was like, hey, wait, did you tell me that Zach and Dennis were in a car accident? And she was like, yeah, and yeah, he, Zach didn't make it, I'm so sorry. And I was like, and I felt nothing. And this is a guy I've known, you know, for for years and years, and I felt nothing, and I... Uh, went and I took a, a shower and you know it's that thing where it's like it's not like it opened an old wound the wound was still open but then there was this moment where uh, I was like dragging myself off and I started my mind started wandering and then it started 
to not think about Zach, but to think about my friends who were now experiencing this insane tragedy that I had just been like running away from. And the realization that you can't protect the ones you love from life in that way. And, uh, yeah, that, that, and then I like dried my face and I realized I was like sobbing from that. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it all this grief, it just is, you know, like, yeah, it, it just like is there. And in that like way of like, uh, you know, there, there's the 12 year olds who think like, oh, these are good guys and these are bad guys and think of stuff like grief as bad it's like it's not bad it is and that's it is death is not bad it's i mean like it's tragic but like it's not evil it just is you know well it just it has to happen at some point yeah i mean that's like yeah i was telling everyone i was like yeah all all lives end in tragedy yeah like one way or another that's it's just it there's like you know it's just it and that's a a reality i mean i get that it's like it's it's a it's uh, the good thing you miss them so much because they were clearly a great person and someone in your life that you really loved right yeah it's like this is how i feel about my niece it's like i miss her so much so i'm like grateful that i even got to know her because i'm like yeah she must be so great i'm running these memories through my head all the time sorry sorry to laugh right then and sorry to interrupt also but like i just realized i caught myself laughing when you're like i love my, my niece and i kind of laughed to myself and i but that just to be clear i'm laughing at like i knew we would talk about this stuff it's really kind of comforting to me that we just dove the fuck in we don't we, in. we don't miss a round on this podcast. <laughs> this is a Canadian podcast award winning podcast oh. for health and wellness, Sam. We won an award. Whoa. Health and wellness was the category. So wow. we don't fuck around on this podcast. No messing around. Nice. Used to be about jokes. Now it's about everything <laughs> but. We're, we're helping <laughs> if people. If I hear one laugh, I'm editing it out. All right. Great. It doesn't Thank make you. it to the final cut. <laughs> Just so you know, your little laugh is gone. <laughs> but sorry. C- continue. I'm sorry. I felt like really bad that I laughed for that moment. No, yeah. I um, I didn't think it was anything because I assumed it was a relief after having told that story. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I like. A You know what I mean? A, a, a breath. Um. Anyways, I'm not as good at keeping track of what I was saying as you are. You You're were talking like, about your I'm niece and being place. happy about knowing her. Yes, happy I've ever met her. Happy to know her. But yes, the grief just is. But I feel right now what it is is just too raw to even deal with. Like on oh, yeah. Friday, to give everyone the backstory, Sam and I were supposed to record a few days ago. And then I sent you a message saying, I just had therapy. It was a mess. Can't fucking do it. And you were very understanding, which I appreciate. Thank you so much for rescheduling. I'm sure now that I've heard this backstory, I'm like, oh, he knew exactly what I was talking about and didn't care. Um, Look, I I get like canceling because you've had a rough therapy session. I also get using a rough therapy session as an excuse to flake. So either way. even if you were just like oh i have i have something i'd rather be doing right now if you just use that as a lot not that you not that i I no the answer was nothing to do but ruin my whole night that was the answer of what else i had to do (laughs) it was really stupid you should have seen my face like you would have been concerned because i already have rosacea but i'm an ugly crier i'm like claire danes (laughs) when i get going i get going so I looked like you would have been concerned to have seen my face. It would have been a distraction. So no, not a flake, but great, um, great thing for people to question moving forward. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> yes. I'm glad that you said that you're like the thing about just being like satisfied with with knowing your niece because that's like actually like it's funny is that uh, at Trevor's funeral is that Zach and I gave their uh, um the co-eulogies 
and we didn't have a plan of who would go first and who would go second and uh and i was sitting there and i was listening to all the eulogies and sometimes i I do this where i'm like i've written something down and i go you know what fuck it i'm gonna go off book you know like uh and when when better to yeah uh and i started talking like the main thing i think i i talked about and like it's all kind of a blur but like i remember like the main emotion i was feeling then you know it's it's like a, a lot of speakers and stuff like that but was that like in that moment it wasn't uh grief that i was feeling but pride and pride to have known trevor and yeah. uh and and i i went first and I, and I said this whole thing about like i'm not i'm not sad i'm i'm proud and i'm so glad i went first because zach's whole speech was like i am so sad uh <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been like I would have felt like such a dick and I'd be like oh well I can't do this actually no. I'm not Zach I'm my own thing sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, wait did you when you had said that 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 like pride did people I mean I don't know if you spoke with people afterwards but like did people relate with that did, yeah. did that like bring people comfort and stuff I, I, I think so and I, I you know I, there's certain f- friends of his and people in the orbit that like uh you know i say the orbit like i I view it as this like kind of like a solar system in a way where it's like there are rings of how it's affecting people and there's a gravitational pull to this thing but like you know i like i was always like kind of like you know keep track of like how things are hitting people and i saw certain people kind of like nod and it I mean, hopefully, and I think in a way it did, it, like, uh, put some of their feelings to words in a way that they, like, you know, because they're, they're, with any sort of grief like this, there is, like, there is so much guilt. Everyone. Oh, my God, yes. Everyone's passing around guilt. But there is, like, guilt for, like, the way you're reacting and that's also like why you know like i like realizing that there's like when people are like i don't know what to say i'm like like no don't don't feel guilty right now don't feel like you need to say something to fix me right now uh there is nothing you can do to say that and uh and then but like so yeah uh just thinking about the things and thinking about like you know there's the things that everyone says and there's the things that like and there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sad and it's there's it must mean a lot that I'm sad because yes it does but it also it, it doesn't mean any less if you can't put that definition on the feelings you're feeling yeah and sometimes you can't there's still um sometimes a state of shock yeah. um, just numbs you. You can't even process anything for like a certain, and it, it lasts longer than expected. Sometimes oh. like I, I feel like I stayed in almost kind of st- like, okay. The guilt thing that you said just really resonated with me because the reason why I missed our uh, original recording is because she asked me to write a letter. My therapist was like, would you write her a letter? And I, had a meltdown because I was like I can't she was I said no I'm not going to do that she said why and I went I just feel too bad I can't do it because of this level of guilt and it's so interesting I never even thought about the perspective of the people writing you saying I don't know what to say and that it's and that they would be making them feel bad and they do people feel bad for me right now I'm sure people feel bad for you and have felt bad for you yeah and you're busy feeling bad for these other people over here you're going don't feel bad for me I feel bad for this person yeah and it's like this vicious cycle and then it's like half the time i'm using this as an excuse to punish myself of oh i wasn't there or oh this and this like you said with whatever guilt or regrets that can come with that stuff and it's just like i can't help but wonder if i'm making this a thousand times harder on myself than it needs to be and then i also remember how can you possibly measure how hard something needs to be yeah 
No, and that's, I mean, like, that's also the thing is, like, uh, going back to that commercial of, like, people not knowing what to say or, like, trying to say something, it's, like, people want people, we all have this urge to make other people not feel guilty about stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. just, there is this inevitability of this guilt being there. And it's, you know, with, with something like this, we have... Uh, 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 two sides to us you know like a, a duality of like our emotional brain and our logical brain and our logical brain says no there's nothing you should be guilty about and our emotional brain goes I don't know if that's true and it doesn't help to uh, to ignore that like it helps to be like I don't need, like, I don't need to be guilty, but it also helps to be like, I do feel guilty. There are things I feel guilty for. But to me, the reason why it's like, so she she was trying to nix the guilt thing, right? But it's like the reason why I still am kind of hanging on to it is because I'm like, and you, listen, you can't deny this. Guilt can be a means of change. Yeah. That feeling that you have and then being like, never again am I going to not be there or am I going to blank, 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 whatever the things may be. And it's like, I feel like I still need that to fuel myself to not make uh, mistakes or drop the ball or whatever the case may be moving forward with these, with all the other people left in my life that I still have opportunity with. It's like, I don't know. I think that's a big reason why I can't let go of it because I'm like, it's supposed to do something. Something has to change. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, that just like, I just watched, um, this is so stupid to bring up, but uh, I just watched uh, the most recent episode of Righteous Gemstones. Spoiler. Ooh, don't I know it. Spoiler. Did you watch the, the episode last night? Not the most recent one, but you can spoil it because I'm watching it today. All right. There's a scene where... Uh, Walton Goggins' character, who uh, uh, ran out on his son. Uh, oh, you see it. You see his son. And he goes to his son, and I loved the interaction that they had. Because the actor, uh, I thought, did a great job, who was someone who I haven't seen and stuff recently and i'm not gonna spoil who it is it's fun seeing him in this but uh uh he like first off he's watching a tv show when he shows up and then he shows up and he doesn't stop watching the tv show which i think is like such a great thing it's and it's not because he's not like engaged in what's going on it's like he can't look at him he can't like uh he knows who he is he's he's not crazy he's a very normal person and he can't look at him and the character says i i uh want to say i feel so bad for what had happened and i want you to forgive me and the son in return says something along the lines of like well like i don't know if i can like like i don't know if i can forgive you but like you know it's fine it's it's just forget about it it's nothing you don't have to do anything just don't do it again and, oh my god and he's like the son's crying and he's saying like i'm not sad don't feel bad for me <laughs> and there's something so amazing about that moment and and it takes this really great comedic turn when this when he's like is there anything is there i feel like i'm getting off easy is there anything and he goes can i just close fist punch you in the face just once and, and yeah he does he does but it's like this great like give and take of like this bargaining for that and uh there's this kind of catharsis to it happening and uh but sometimes i wonder how much it serves us to make other people feel bad like uh, it's very canadian of me to not want people to feel bad i do it all the time like all the time i'm always remember i said to you in the podcast i was like hey confirming for this if you can't do it no worries i could do another day because i'll give people the out i don't want people to feel bad oh totally cancel we all have stuff it's a podcast what do i fucking care right but it's like 
sometimes I just feel like the times I have made somebody um feel bad or like if I didn't write back to a text of like one of the friends because I, I wasn't responding to texts right away um of people that were like writing me and then I felt guilty that they would feel bad if they said the wrong thing does that make sense like me not writing back if that makes them feel like they said the wrong thing so I wrote everybody back in like a half an hour I sat down and I wrote every single person back because I was like oh if I leave it totally feel like they fucked up but is that but yeah counterpoint to that and not not to like like and, and and obviously there's like a little bit that's played to comedy i know like violence doesn't really make you feel better but yeah there is something to be said for um you know not if you don't if something if you feel like you've been wronged by someone mm-hmm and you go, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Aren't you just holding on to this thing, this flaw of theirs, and not letting yourself get over that thing? You know, like... Yeah, but is everybody worth dealing with it for? No, no, but some people are, you know? Some people some are... Some people are. ...worth, yeah. like... You know, that's, like, the... Uh, not to keep, like, being, like, such, like, a, a child of TV, like, bringing things back to, like, media references. But that's the, uh, um, do you ever see Bronx Tale? Yeah. The $20 to never see that guy again. There's This guy owes the main kid money, and he's, like, frustrated, and he's like, ah, this asshole owes me $20. But whenever I see him, he runs away. He goes, he crosses the street, and Chaz Palminteri goes, like, well, what's the problem? He's an asshole, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's $20 to never see that guy again. You know? So sometimes... I don't remember that. Ad. I saw it so long ago. Sometimes you, you, you have to realize, like, hey, this person isn't worth that, and that's fine. But sometimes if the person is worth that, you have to, you know, like you have to make them feel bad in a way so that you have to do that thing for yourself. And that's sometimes the nicer thing to do to, to them is like, like, so you don't build a resentment. So you don't build a resentment. Exactly. Yeah. I think I'm resenting myself right now. I think that's what's happening. I think maybe this therapist was right. And I should have written the stupid letter because I feel like I'm like, so mad at myself or so irritated with myself or like whatever and it's like honestly though that over sadness as torturous as it may be at least there's hopes and feeling you can fix something when it's like when something frustrates you it's because you're like i know there's a solution i know there's a way out of this and i just can't see it that's how i feel about frustration is because i'm like i know there is a way to do this because when something can't i'll just give up and then feel that despair but it's like if i think there's a way it's frustration and I think there's a way to rectify or work through or whatever um, a lot of these emotions. But with the sadness, it just feels endless and helpless. And that is so much harder for me to stay in because it's not like there's an expiration date on it. Well, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, you tell me in, I, what's it like over I, a long I, period of time. I view this, this grief, uh, man. It's so tough too. Like, and there's been so much of it lately. I like. Yeah. It's weird. Um, there's another friend of ours uh, who lost his best friend uh, probably about six months before Trevor. Um, uh, and uh, you know, uh, Jonah and Neil. Uh, Jonah Ray and oh, Neil yes, Mahoney. Yes, yes, yes. And I had a conversation with Jonah, and he's. I've known him for years and think the world of that guy. And it was very comforting to talk to him. And uh, there's a point in the conversation where I was like, hey, I just want you to know, it's going to sound bad, but uh, I'm really glad your best friend died. Uh, <laughs> in that, like, <laughs> I'm not alone now, in this. Now someone else knows. Yeah, that. yeah. Not, you know... I'm not glad that know, the, it's I so know. sad, but like, uh, you know, he got it. He got it. Uh, I mean, I'll say I'm this, just glad for my family, you know? Yeah. And, 
I just forgot where I was. Uh, uh, uh. Well, you were talking about being glad that somebody else could relate to it because yeah talking about the sadness feels endless oh yeah this is what i was gonna say is like another thing that i think about a lot is uh how to be close to grief like this is to be like far away from it i i think of like grief is it's like uh a needle in a way where to be far away from it it hits hard and it stings and it just like cuts through your skin but if you look up a if you look at the head of a needle through a magnet uh, a microscope it's flat you know and it's dull and it covers a great area so there is this thing where i think it's really like the the difference between sadness and grief is like people feel sadness and it feels sharp and grief is dull and long and oh my god yes oh what a great way to describe it because it's not there'll be times of like overwhelmed like i'll get overwhelmed and something will feel sharp like that but yes it's very numbing it's kind of always there just makes me tired yeah, but that was enough. my therapist said. She goes, "Stop sleeping so much," and I went, "Yeah, but you know when you're just done with the day." <laughs> she was like, "No," she was like, "That's not an excuse. You can't just claim at 8 p.m. you're done with the day." She was, That's not how it works. <laughs> she fucking gave me the business. I'll tell you what, Sam. She was not having it with me. I I had a thing where I like sleep's always such like a big part of death. It's weird. It's like I feel like it's either you 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 sleep too much or you can't sleep. And I I had a weird thing where I could fall asleep like I was exhausted at the end of every day because I was doing all this like thinking all the time. You don't yeah. think all the time. But when something happens, you like you know like we're we're used to days where we're just like Oh, what's this Wordle score? Hey, like let's <laughs> let's look at this ad in front of me. Do I want to see this movie? Not, and then like all of a sudden you go into this place where you're like, "Fuck, what is life? What did what did this mean? What did this mean when this person said this to me? And what does it mean that they're gone? And, and like, how is that possible that they're gone? And it's like you fill your day with thoughts, and at the end of it, you're just run out of gas and and i you know like i knew a lot of people who were like oh i can't stop thinking i can't get to sleep and i was like i'm the opposite i can't but then what happened was i would wake up at like four in the morning and i would just be up and my day oh, would start yeah. super oh my god early. starting the day super early i'm with you it, it's like my body won't let me sleep those extra hours i'm trying to sleep so it's like it's on the same schedule i've just moved it up and then that's even more agonizing sitting with your thoughts alone in the morning when no one is awake is like it's why i text people so early desperate for them to get up it's desperate. <laughs> my friends know it my friends that are listening my apologies that i text you guys so early i'm never gonna stop <laughs> It's weird. I think when we were kids, you know, like there was like this no man's land of night, you know, like no one like night was the lonely place because we always had to go to bed at a certain time. And then our 20s, we invaded the night and like all of a sudden we were up till 4 a.m. all the time. And now, like, the morning is the lonely place. The morning is the the fortress of solitude, you know, like. Yeah, and it really is. It's funny with me and Emily, like she is a night owl and I never have been but now all of a sudden I'm like an early riser and it's like this weird thing where she will be she'll have like hours to herself and especially because it's like COVID time and we are like always in the same place but she'll have hours to herself after I go to bed at midnight and then I'll have hours to myself before she wakes up you know like late in the morning this is exactly, Sam, what Norm and I have. 
And I always say to him every night, I go, ooh, you're chomping at the bit for me to go to bed. Like, I'll be literally passed out asleep on the couch. And then I'll wake up and I'll be like, 10.30. Like, outraged that it's 10.30. And he's like, why don't you just go to bed? And I was like, ooh, you can't wait to get me out of here so you can watch a boring movie. Like, I know it. He's counting counting the seconds till I go to bed. Why don't you just go and to bed is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Every movie we see, I fall asleep during. Like, yeah. that's like. A thing like it's like any this is why I can't vote. I can't vote in any of the votes because I'm I'm not seeing these movies. They're just oh. not getting viewed by me. I don't know how any of them end. Oh. <laughs> can't vote. I've uh, I I never vote in that stuff. I I get all the screeners, and I'm like, it doesn't voting doesn't matter. I, <laughs> I say to myself, does anyone care what I have to say? And yeah. the answer is no. The people aren't looking for my vote. <laughs> People don't care if Elena Johnston if, tuned in. If they care what I have to say, they'll check out my podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Canadian Podcast Award winning. Yeah. Uh, Sam, before we wrap up, because I told you I keep it on a tight chaise, two things. One, I want you to know I did not have a plan to come in and talk about this. I, I was free yeah. flowing because I knew, obviously, I know your situation and I knew if yours came up, mine would too. So I did not come into this being like, I'm going to get the dirt out of him, just so you know. And that, oh, no. I was telling you that because I appreciate that you were so open and willing to share. Because I do think it made for the better conversation. Yeah. It is true. We both know each other's stories. We know it. And it's something recent and it's something hard. And it's, I'm like, you know, to we could have talked about anything. And we did end up talking about a bunch of other things too, which was great. But I'm yeah. like, I appreciated that somebody could kind of come on and be like, no, I'm in it. I get it. Uh, I that. I uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to like drop a grenade. It's funny that I didn't even talk about the fact that my dad died when I was nine months old, and that I have always what? had a relation in a plane crash in the Navy, and I've always had a relation to death. Like I've always oh grew up like knowing that like you could die, and I think that's always been like a thing with. I think that's affected, you know, why I'm in entertainment and storytelling and, and stuff. I, I yeah. mean, people say there's that saying, um, the universe doesn't give you more than you can handle, but can somebody <laughs> give this guy a break? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, no. I, the universe <laughs> has given me some breaks. You know, I, I got a baby on the way. I feel bad My I baby, haven't you've talked about the baby. <laughs> Who has barely time? touched on you Emily? Bring the baby. Yeah. 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 Well, first of all, Emily already did the podcast. Yeah. We know what she's yammering yeah. on about. Second of all, this is why we have the self esteem after party to bring people back on and yeah. check back in and talk about the things you didn't get a chance to yes. talk about. So you can bring the baby. I'll, <laughs> I'll bring the time. baby. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell this story about uh, being accused of burning down my dorm. Not burning it down, but lighting it <laughs> yeah, on fire. Yeah, that's right. We want the book. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. We need the full story when you come back. Yeah. Um, so that was, okay, the, the first thing I was going to say was, thanks so much for sharing. The second thing I was going to say is I usually start this podcast by asking on a scale of one to ten <laughs> how you're feeling about your self-esteem. So <laughs> we're going to reverse it now. How are you feeling now without ever telling us how you felt before? <laughs> I think it's a six. Wow. Can we talk some heavy stuff? Yeah, we talked some heavy stuff, and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm within the last couple of years pretty new to therapy, and the the kind of therapy I'm doing is like really just like it's all me. It's all like, all right, here's what I got to say today, and this felt like yeah. that, and it, it came. I feel like I owe you, you know, like fifty bucks. Uh, <laughs> for... I would love the money. Thank you. <laughs> I was. Actually, uh, it I'd was love a joke. It wasn't. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> But, yeah, okay. we heard you loud and clear on the uh, podcast here. <laughs> that was not binding. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, need that 50 bucks. I don't know what to tell you, my man. <laughs> oh, wow. I got uh, a Venmo no, um, request. Huh? I, uh, I, <laughs> could you imagine if I said it that fast? You'd have to pay. If I was yeah, that funny for to Venmo the bit, you, you know you'd have to pay for the, for the bit. bit. You would. Do you know who'd make me pay? It's Emily. Emily would make Emily, me pay. Of course She'd be Emily like, would. Yeah. Don't ever let this get out. You better hope she doesn't listen to this episode or I'm going to check my fucking email and have $50 in here <laughs> from you. Uh, I, I get it. If you're feeling a six, you know what? I'll go ahead and meet you at a six. I, can't, I, I didn't have a number at the beginning. I don't always because sometimes... Um, 
I just go, well, anything can happen. So I, I'm very neutral. But I'll say I feel at a six, which is surprisingly um, high. Yeah. Having I'll, talked about grief. <laughs> I'll also say this is a six is like my 10. Like if I'm at a 10, I feel like something's wrong with me. Like, oh, well, you know I- what? So many people have said that. And it's because it's a you have a nagging feeling, an eerie feeling that you're like, I'm messing with fire right now, feeling at a 10. Seriously. And then you feel like you have something to lose. Yeah. I'll- I get that from a lot of people. All I have to do is get over the hump, and I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. So six is good. Consider me your hump. <laughs> Sam, where can we find you online to see what you're up to? Uh, check out the uh, official WKK Twitch channel. Uh, we're doing streams all the time. I think we got a stream uh, coming up. Uh, oh, wait. I don't know when this is coming out. So, uh, But, yeah, we do streams all the time on the Twitch channel. That's the thing I've been doing a lot check us out official wkuk on youtube uh we've got a bunch of content up there and all this stuff uh is helping fund a an animated movie that uh the whole group wrote like eight years ago and this year we started making and we actually got trevor to record all his parts before uh he passed and so it's kind of his his last little piece of art to throw out there beautiful that he got to be a part of it still oh (gasps) he's very much we we got through like uh a a few passes at the animatics so it's it's very much his his piece and uh oh my god i cannot wait to check that out sam that made my day we've fully funded it like as far as like we had an initial goal to like get it made and now we're working at overfunding it and just making it look better and sound better and be better well guys please check that out we'll post about that too uh when we take you and everything if you want to follow us we're at self-esteem party on instagram and twitter if you'd like to follow me i'm at the only alana johnson on instagram and at alana underscore johnson on twitter and guys please check out our patreon self-esteem party so that we can have back sam's baby and hear what they have to say <laughs> yeah. Sam, thanks so much oh, the pleasure thank you. has truly been all mine yeah this is good this is fun believe in yourself